HQ, folks. XQ quality. Better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> there we go. Episode 170 of Channel Massive. I'm Noah. I'm Mark. And we have a very, very special guest. (laughs) (laughs) Just making him feel awkward. He's actually here. We are recording in person for the first time in like a month. Um, In person, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we've been doing all the Skype thing, but what's really cool is our our guest co-host actually lives in town this week. And his name is Ryan. What's up? What's up? Ryan is. <laughs> How you Where say? to begin? <laughs> How you say? <laughs> How you say he came? <laughs> Ryan's someone that I've met at my current job. He's very smart and polite, and he has a history of professional competitive gaming. I do. And it's not on the DS, much to many of our listeners' release. Yeah, no, <laughs> lawyer game, uh, com- com- <laughs> yeah, <the> lawyer competition. <laughs> My soliloquy will slam yours. So to provide some context, Ryan, I, I play a lot of DS games, and people get pissed off when during our what we're playing segment, I talk about. It. I'm like, I'm playing this DS game. That's awesome. Like, and I want to hear about your DS game. So <laughs> they'll be really happy to hear that you play on PC. And 360. Well, I actually have Star Fox 3D for the 3DS, and I, I think it's awesome, so oh. hopefully they don't hate oh. me for that. Oh, oh he's fallen so quickly. Oh, <laughs> they're like, take him off now! No. <laughs> I don't play it nearly enough. Lynchin's not good enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to tie him up and throw DSs at him yeah. <laughs> until he's unconscious. We'll stone him. <laughs> so we're really excited to have Ryan here, and since... We can only dream of competitive gaming, the rest of us in the Channel Massive world. We thought it'd be really cool for his first time here to ask Ryan about his stories and how he got into it and how he got out of it and what he thinks of it, what he's played. Do you want me to answer that? No. No, no. We just wanted to have an awkward silence. Awkward silence achieved. Yes. We need a sound effect for that. Like a badge. Crickets or yeah, maybe sure. some Asian flute. Oh, that'd be know. good. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. A waterfall, maybe. Let's hear the waterfall in the yes. flute. Maybe something bubbling. I don't know. Yeah, so good. before we get into that, though, we are going to get into what we're playing, and we would love to hear what you think about this episode. And if you have any questions for Ryan, send them in to mail m a i l at channelmassive.com. Yeah, we got no mail this week, and um. <laughs> We always feel compelled to ask for mail when we don't get mail. But then when we do get mail, we're like, oh, man, can you guys kind of tone it down? I don't really want to read your stuff. I'm going to paraphrase. So That's not true. No, it's not. I only paraphrased your email. 
So yeah, other than that, you're lucky I wasn't here for that. <laughs> His emails are a little vague. You are right. Yeah, it needed, it needed not it. enough detail. I added a lot of value to it. But. <laughs> yeah, you're the value adder <laughs> in this right. group. <laughs> I'm the decider and the value ad- value adder. Uh, yeah, well, Freudian maybe that slip. too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a personal matter. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so I hope you like the show. Let us know what you think of it. Review us on iTunes. Remember, always five stars. No matter how you to feel. emphasize how much you, how strongly you feel about your opinion, regardless of if whether it's positive or negative. Yep. And that's all. Find that's about all I got. Well, yeah, Facebook, whatever. You can go back. There's 20, no point to going. You can go Facebook. back to the Stone Age and find us on MySpace. <clears throat> and uh, well, yes, our yeah. clan over yeah. MySpace. Our clan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. And we're on Twitter sometimes, but... When we feel like it, or if know. Jason's active. Really, it's it's just about the website, www.genomist.com. So, go find us there. Love yes. us. But with that out of the way, let's get into what we're playing. Someone to hold me tight would be very nice. Someone to love This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Service. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. So, Noah, what have you been playing? (laughs) (laughs) Look at your face, especially with the beard that's come back now. It's kind of (laughs) creepy. You're welcome. It's it's my evil elf look. (laughs) Well, DS fans, I've got some good news for you. I've been playing DS games. I finished Kirby Mass Attack, which was awesome. Really great game. Get your money's worth. There's lots of mini games. And it got out... I kind of feel like you're controlling a riot when you play that game because you have this little cloud of ten little Kirby's and you're like, right on that, and you're like tap 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 tap, and they just like get on like pa 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 pa, and it's really <laughs> violent for a Kirby game, but satisfying. So I, I got it out. It's therapeutic. Yeah. So next riots come around, I won't have to loot anybody. No couch burning. <laughs> Might do that. That's still pretty cool. That is kind of hard to beat. And then after I finished that, I went back to playing Monster Tale, which is this really good platformer that's kind of in the vein of Castlevania, well, Metroidvania, and Mega Man. Just really, really cool. And then Pokemon, because you have like this monster that as you play... Jin Pokemon! And he kills monsters. He gets experience points, and then enemies drop items. They may be books, or they may be fruit, or toys... And they show up in the lower screen. So you send the monster down the lower screen, and depending on what type of items he interacts with, it will drive his evolution towards like a fire form or a water form or a grass form, and that'll give him different types of abilities and stuff like that. It's just really, really fun and and addicting. And I finally got a PS3. Really? Which I I told Ryan about this. He's like, I had a PS3 for like, what? Two days. days. Two days. The, the total owning time was two days. I, I played it for about three hours before I stopped. But your first question was, had a, did I have a laying around for like months? Right. <laughs> Just now I got around to play it, but no. 
I've, I've had it for just a couple of days and I played Uncharted 1 and found myself getting sucked into the game, which was really surprising. Well, that's cool. It's really good. It's like watching an action movie. It's kind of like Indiana Jones and Tomb Raider, except better than Tomb Raider. I don't know if it's better than Indiana Jones, but it's just really cool. So enjoying that. And I don't think I played any League of Legends since last time, which is really weird because I usually always play. Not only that, but you usually are like aware of everything that's happened in the game for the week. Oh, well, I, I still oh, know that. Do that. Okay. Yeah, I still, like, <laughs> suck in all the news I can on the website and stuff. I just I haven't had time to play because I've been getting ready for the LAN party with, and replacing all my living room, so <laughs> doesn't leave a lot of time to play anything, really. But soon I will soon. return. There will yeah. be a triumphant return of Kog'Ma yes. to Dominion. We yes. were, oh, man, we were, we were playing a week ago, and... Um, we were like, we wish Noah was here. Oh, we cool! Like, we need Kogma <laughs> for artillery support so bad, and we were like, and we, somebody played Kogma with us one game, and we're like, this is not the Kogma we're used to. <laughs> and it was like, he's not doing anything we want, and it was like really funny. We were like, we wish Noah was here. Oh, that's cool. That was that night you couldn't Kogma. do it, like absolutely couldn't. So we were like, yeah, oh. it was. Yeah, that was a crappy night too. So it's well, been so a lot of log in. What's that? I can't even log into the game half the time. It's like, okay, you're really? in a queue of 13,000 people. Wait, six hours. Wow, I haven't got queued up in a long time. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, there was one time where he tried signing on and the servers had just gone down. Oh, yeah. And somehow it allowed him to get in, mm-hmm. and then he kept trying to start games and, and nothing worked because the key. Oh, that's the, worst. That's the night that you made, you and Sean or Scott made oh, European we, accounts. That was our British invasion night. Yes. Where we went and played on the European servers, and like when we got there. We're playing in this game, and we just asked everyone in the game just for fun. We're like, is anyone else from the States? And they were all like, yes. <laughs> we're all like level one characters from the U.S. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so funny. Wow. <coughs> yeah. I should have done that. He, Noah had told me about it at work the next day, and I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Oh. I, yeah, I don't remember who thought of it. It wasn't, definitely wasn't me, because I was like, we could do that? And they were like, yeah, we could do that. I was like... Let's do that. Because yeah, you think there'd be some kind of authentication that's yeah. like your IP address is not in your yeah, you're like, not accessing you know, the Europe some, somewhere along the chain of routers they'd see the the yeah. geotag thing and be like, Yeah, you're you're not coming from, you know France. La France. Does La the French say? La France. Yeah. Yeah. Not using a lay router. At least you weren't trying to play League in Korea or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be painful. That would be very painful. Not just the latency, but the skill level. That, yeah. and you, in order to even get online, you have to have a social security number, a Korean social security number. Oh, so wow. So if you want to get a StarCraft II account for Korea, for example, you people sell their social security numbers to people who are like, oh, yeah, well, I'm never going to get on. They Seriously? sell these numbers. That way you can go and pay 40 bucks for that number and then pay X amount for a Blizzard account. Man, and I totally want a Korean, Korean social security number. Well, Gotta collect them they, all. They, they watch everything the Koreans do on the internet. That way they know and they can punish people for exactly what they do. So. And like they go, they go and like knock on their door and pull them out on the street and just like cut off a hand or something. <laughs> I don't know if it's that extreme, but no. it's, it's, it's definitely a no-no. Well, that's how it should be done. <laughs> In my Korea, In my that's how it be done. libertarian vision of Korea, that's how we roll. <laughs> oh, man. Stiff punishments for stiff crimes. Yeah, you won't, you'll never be good with Kog'Maw now. You're not going to click a mouse Stumpy. ever again. Well, anyway. 
So that was a really bad break in your wonderful yeah, tale. That's hey, it was probably a lot more interesting than what I was saying. So I, that's all I got. Oh, right on. That's all I got. Just looking forward to progressing time traveling to 2003 in just a couple of days. Now, yeah. do we have a do we have like a stereo system loaded up with Bass Hunter just on a loop playing Dota? Because <laughs> like I think if we had that, it would be very inspiring for the first time through. Maybe yeah, that might turn into psychological torture. Yeah, <laughs> after a while. Are you are you familiar with I this song? I am not. I will uh, oh. I will show you after we're done recording. Yes, tons of bass. I'm assuming. No, it's a guy. It's a guy from. Um, he's a foreign dude, foreign to it's us. Like Finnish or German? It's or... like yeah, Norwegian or Finnish or something yeah. like that. It's and he his name is Bass Hunter, and I think what he does is he um, usually does like remixes with like fruity loops and stuff. But in this case, it's like a whole song he did, uh, and he's a pop star now. Like he's a, a full. He's like their Justin Bieber, right? But older. And it's called, um, it's a song about Dota. And it's got this, like, catchy, like, dance beat. Electronica loop. And what's yeah. so funny is they show, like, rooms full of these guys playing Dota. And each one has this, like, gorgeous babe, like, hanging off of them. And then, and it, it's just, it's just Naturally. so ridiculous. Well, yeah. You've got to see it, though, because it's got, I don't know how many, like, views on on YouTube, and I think a lot of them are from me because I keep telling people how ridiculous <laughs> it is. I'm like I'm part of his, I'm part of the popularity because I'm like telling everybody you got to see this video. It's just hilarious. So just go to YouTube and look up um, Bass Hunter Dota, and you will yeah, you will yeah. die. We'll, we'll we'll jam out after this podcast. It's quite yeah. Funny. Maybe it'll be part of the. Music. It's all in foreign languages, isn't it? Um, but there's like subtitles. Yeah, I think there may be an English version too, though. Because basically, it's talking about like, don't mess with me. I'm playing Dota. Yeah, getting known. This is what people do. We yeah. play Dota. It's just, awesome. it's you gotta great. see it. It starts yeah. out like it starts out like a heavy metal video, like from the eighties, because his mom comes in because there's too much noise or something, and he's playing Dota with his like, you know, all the lights are down and there's just this glow, and I think he's got a hot babe with him then too. But of that course, doesn't seem to be a problem. So it's, <laughs> it's just hilarious. But, but anyway, um, so what have you been playing this week? Uh, I've only been playing two games, StarCraft II and Diablo III. And that's really a, my life outside of work these days. You're a fanboy. I am a Blizzard fanboy. <laughs> there is another one, Mark. Uh, Just one. It's so good, because I'm always outnumbered on the Blizzard fanboyism, and people give me a lot of grief. Spirit. You're not a Blizzard fanboy? I am. Oh, no, he are. is. He's, a, he's the yes. hardcore. He's an infidel. And no, I like Blizzard. Uh, Just no, no, not like I do. Not no, that no. much. You don't no. have a relationship with with their, you don't like conjugal sleep. visits. You don't have conjugal visits with your StarCraft two box. <laughs> oh, well, those are necessary. <laughs> you lose you ever sanity. Be good? I'll never sit on that couch over there ever again. No, nothing ever happens over there. <laughs> That's my naughty sofa. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, have you been enjoying StarCraft two and Diablo three? Um. No, you can't talk about Diablo 3. Right? I, I can talk about Diablo 3 now. They released the NDA, actually. Oh, so, Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I've been enjoying StarCraft 2. I've been kind of uh, busy playing Diablo 3, so I, I got back on StarCraft 2 a few nights ago and found my uh, actions per minute was down to 90, so I was a little sad. But um, uh, You're so not ghost to The micro is terrible. Uh, but the Diablo 3 has been pretty awesome. Um, it, it's definitely beta. It, there's a lot of things that they need to work out. Still a few balance issues here and there. Yeah. Um, 
character and the whole multiplayer aspect. The beta seems really focused around soloing everything. Oh, so right. So the multiplayer stuff they haven't really worked out. And the auction house, they, they released the yeah. uh, gold auction house. And it is worse than you could possibly imagine. You'll go on and, I mean, oh, okay. the, the drop of an amulet is extremely rare at this point. And uh, they, those will sell for 999,999 gold. Wow. And it's, it's just ridiculous. Like, they want us to test the gold auction house, but they, no one's going to totally pull up a price right that makes now. sense. And right. is there a translation to gold to dollars yet? Uh, no no translation yet. Um, uh, it's it's going to be interesting when that actually happens, though. We'll see. It, it, the sucky thing is it's not going to be... You, you can't go and share an auction house with Canada, even though their servers right. are going to be... You can play with these people. The it's auction cool. houses are going to be completely separate. So They'll be totally nationalized. Or, right. Or and it, it makes sense that they're doing that. You right. can still trade with them, but... If we all convert to the euro, it'll right. be a lot easier. <laughs> so that's a true. brilliant idea. Yeah. 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 Well, that's cool, man. That's yeah. pretty good. And you're impressed. And you were saying that before we started the show, you mentioned that Diablo 3 is actually stressing out your gaming yeah, rig a little bit, I, even I though have, it's got SLI. I have an NVIDIA SLI, and I, have, I only have a dual-core processor. So that's pretty much where it's starting oh, to peak. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. it, it'll ride at eighty percent, but it's CPU intensive, and the graphics are pretty incredible. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're going to be more polished when the full game's released. But uh, it's definitely intensive. You, you, if you are a huge Diablo fan, you're going to want to make sure you have a good rig. How um, how much disk space does it appear to take? Just um, I think it's sitting at a nice thirty-five gig right now. Wow. Um, it, there's a lot to it. it yeah, there's tons of audio clips just in this version. Oh, yeah, um, and Diablo is totally different from Diablo. Diablo 3 is totally different from Diablo 2 because it's not you're following down a quest path of six quests and right. you finish. There are tons of mini quests. And even in the beta, I don't think I found all of them. Oh, just cool. in the little stint between starting in New Tristram and ending in Skeleton King. So oh, every time cool. you go down, the environment's different and you'll find off a new little quest that you can start. And it has a new lore file and everything's oh, that's pretty too cool. cool. Yeah. So, it's amazing how big these new games are for you know just how much just like Tor is yeah. pretty big. Yeah, game. I remember when Age of Conan came out and we saw the specs on that. We were like, no one's going to be able to play that. And, yeah, you know, it's like the, the, I remember the gig install was just like, holy cow! Uh, yeah. I need to upgrade my freak. I had to upgrade my hard drive for that. Yeah, actually, and, you know, it's like nothing now. You know, I mean, yeah, the installer's cool. really small. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Does it do the thing like in uh, World of Warcraft? Where it does the same thing like World of Warcraft and StarCraft too. That is so cool, and it's really neat because uh, if I, maybe they've changed it since then, but at the very the friends and fr- friends and family beta before the NDA was released, um, it was Diablo's head actually just sitting there, and there's a play button on it. Um, but now it says Diablo three, and it, it, it's pretty cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. I'm referring to the you can play with different levels of. Oh yeah, it, it, so you can be at yellow, and it's playable. But right, right. It's, and it's always it shows a little background download. Thing. I haven't seen the background download thing inside Diablo huh. three at all. Um, oh, that's and it's probably because it's beta, and yeah. they they announce big patches, but they do nightly builds, so um, and nothing's going to be actually happening while you're online. And you'll find that your characters get deleted all the time. Oh, oh, yeah, that, setting. Yeah. I don't have anything maxed out from, since the last wipe. That makes so, sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. But that'll be amazing because the way they do the 
you know, the distributed download thing using like a torrent technology, like when everybody installs beta or the beta or the Diablo yeah. three like yeah. proper mm-hmm. client right. at the same time, and I'm sure. I'm sure it'll have a digital distribution model like it's, it's going to be just like StarCraft 2 where right. uh, you could pre-order StarCraft 2 and actually download the installer and before. install the game entirely beforehand and right. once the servers come up at uh, 12 a.m. PST you're ready, to you can, you're ready to go and you can log I in. I love that. That's really That's nice. so sweet. I mean, the, the problem is you're going to be it's Diablo 3 Collector's Edition and wait in line and go install after you're done standing in line at GameStop or wherever you prefer to buy games oh, right. or pre-install. Or be like me and just do both. <laughs> Pre-order the collector's edition. Go get it later. Too. Right. <laughs> oh, that's too cool. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that myself. Well, I guess we'll cover what I've been playing, which is almost nothing. I've been really, going you've to been a lot of concerts. busy too. Yeah, I've just been yeah a little social butterfly this week. So I've been. That's nice. It's nice to have a change of pace. Yeah, it, it has been kind of refreshing, and then. I was taking this, like, correspondence class and doing, like, actual homework and stuff at night, and so I haven't... What are you learning? Uh, it's, like, there's this cool thing um, that, like, Stanford's doing. It's, like, um, they're doing... They've got, like, an AI class and a machine learning class. I think they also have an introduction to databases class, too. But wow. um, these classes, you, you go to the Stanford site and you sign up and then it's all kind of taught through YouTube and there's a book you can read uh, but I've never seen YouTube videos like these like you'll go through and it'll do have a click, clip of the professor talking and then it'll come up with like a, a like a form and you'll have to click the correct dialog box you'll have to enter a number and depending on what you put in you'll get like a, it'll take you to a different video it's really interactive. I've never seen mm. anything like that on YouTube. That sounds awesome. It's really mm. cool. It's like, so um, I've been doing the, um, I didn't know the machine learning one started at the same time as the AI one. So I was doing the AI oh. one and then I was like, oh crap. And and there's like a bunch of stuff to review and everything. And so I got all stressed out because like Sunday is when the homework's done. And so I was like really knuckling down <laughs> for this class. That Having flashbacks even, to college and high school. Not, yeah, I did. I was just hoping I didn't ha- start having that reoccurring nightmare I used to have. Which was the one where you're like, I didn't go to that class. I screwed up and didn't go to this class all year, and now there's like a midterm for it, and I, I'm not prepared. Oh, gosh, I, yeah. I've I definitely make, had that nightmare. And, and like, it was like, I was out of college for 10 years, you know, and I still had that dream. And, I, and I'm like, I hope this doesn't trigger those again, because that was really disconcerting. And I'm like, you know, way too old for that. But anyway, I've been doing that, and that's been really... That's cool. So what are you learning about AI? It's like it's like an intro to AI class. Oh, that sounds but it's so fascinating. The, I, I really am going to do a disservice because I can't remember the name of the two professors, but they're both, both very legitimate, you know, professors. I'm not surprised with Stanford. One guy is like a Google dude um, with a lot of the AI for that, and, and um, you know, he's been, I think he's been in a bunch of different industries and the other guy's a european dude with so are you like auditing it is it like pass fail or you're gonna get a grade you're gonna get a grade you can elect two two ways to go through it one is where you just kind of audit it and you don't mm-hmm. have to do the homework if you don't want to but i thought well if i'm going to go to the effort of actually trying to pay attention to it then actually doing the homework will make me pay more attention and i'll get that's more so true and yeah. and sure enough the homework has been making me think more about it so I've been doing that. And it's oh, been, that's cool. So someday maybe we'll come over here and you'll have this robot. I'll just be this, like, giant brain right there, you know. Put be, some brains into your inflatable thoughts. 
It'll be in my inflatable doll. <laughs> yeah. Be like, is that I what do? the couch is for? Yeah. Oh, for my God. inflatable doll collection. <laughs> your, to, your real doll collection? Once I get yeah, once I get once we get like uh, several thousand dollars in the um, UTG survey fund, <laughs> I plan to buy a real doll and then I just won't need to leave the basement anymore after that. <laughs> I think. I have pizzas delivered right there. Well, you have your AI Work skills. Oh, that's my awesome. AI skills, my ninja skills. And, <laughs> yeah, cool. but, yeah, so it's a disappointing weekend gaming for me. But, but still cool stuff, really cool stuff. Yeah, up to, up to things, you know. Shall we, uh, shall we move on to our shall we? round table topic? Yeah. The interrogation no. of Mr. Ryan. Bring in the Spaniard. Now we shall begin our interview of Ryan. <laughs> Pro gamer extraordinaire. <laughs> we want to know your affiliations, your connections. <laughs> we will the blind LED you with flashlight. LED flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it's something that I've always been fascinated with, but I haven't been enough into the scene, so to speak, to use a bad term for it, <laughs> to or, or known anyone who's done it. It's always been some kind of like, I don't know, it's like it's a professional sport, and it's like I've never known anybody who does it. Yeah. So it's really cool to finally met in person someone who really has done it. So I'd just love for you to tell us about your experience and how you got into it, starting out like... Just from a high level, what games have you played competitively? So I actually started doing competitive gaming when I was like 13. Um, of course. So it's been for a, it's been a while, uh, seven years now, and I started on Counter-Strike. And the competitive scene for Counter-Strike is totally different from the competitive scenes you'll see today. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of immaturity there. But well, you uh, were thirteen, then. There's right. probably other thirteen-year-olds there, right? I, I wouldn't even say the thirteen-year-olds. I, I was usually one of the youngest, right? So, yeah. and people, it, it wasn't really esports at the time. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I had moved into uh, Halo and America's Army, and America's the, Army. Yeah, America's for Army. real. For real, I had no idea that. I, I was a Cali competitor for America's Army. Um, Did you get recruited? CPL. I I actually had my own team, um, the Caffeine Powered Soldiers. We won the Cali Invitational for 2006, I think it was, um, and we were invited to CPL, but we weren't able to go because my neighbor was actually on my team, and he had strep and he couldn't leave his house and all this oh, stuff. Oh so man, it actually, it, it was pretty bad. Um, but I, I I played Counter Strike, Halo. America's Army, and uh, more recently, StarCraft II competitively. For at real? a competitive level, yeah. So. Wow. That's right, because I, I, I've always loved your stories about how you, you game the system to get back down from diamond or platinum or yeah, gold. And the, the ladder system for StarCraft II, when it first came out, was really gameable, right? So you yeah. could literally uh, be in bronze, or at the time it was copper, because there was copper, then bronze, mm-hmm. um, because the Masters League wasn't available yet. Yeah. And it was, okay, I'm up in diamond now, but I'm going to lose and tank my MMR three games, and I'm going to be back in copper by the end of the night. And it's just, it's super simple to do it. And do and, people do people know that's what you were doing, or did you tell them that you were gonna, deliberately going to suck so you could get... So I only did that on my Smurf account, right? Oh, okay. Uh, so my, I, everyone Smurfs, everyone has to Smurf, right? Because when you Smurf, the... 
game styles from you know, currently, if you're bronze through grandmasters, uh, you're going to be playing with people with totally different play styles, right? Um, and there's a lot of uh, weekly tournaments out there that you can go and actually experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so the most common type of tournament these days is a bronze, silver, gold tournament. And the bronze people, they're obsessed with cheese because <laughs> it's really no, it's what they know to do, especially with Terran. The reason you'll hear people hating Marines is because they are literally OP. Uh, they can yeah. shoot air, they can shoot ground, and right. if you get them to 3-3 upgrades, which is the equivalent of getting maxed out shields or toss, which is extremely expensive. It's like 450 minerals. Um, if you're a bronze player, building a barracks and massing out marines and sending them to their base is huge, especially if it, you're playing a toss player. You can take down mm-hmm. their shields quickly, and as soon as they kind of recovered and you got down to, uh, they're trying to rebuild their economy, Here comes the next wave. wave, because yep. marines are only 50 a pop, and the reactors are cheap too, so late Vespian gas will even give you three or four reactors in a good mm-hmm. amount of time. So, um, But as you progress through those levels, uh, it, you see totally different play styles, and you have to be pre- prepared for them. And if you don't play on a team with people who can effectively do that, or it's like playing with a rattlesnake. If you're playing with a rattlesnake, it's totally different from playing with a baby rattlesnake because they don't have control over their venom yet. Yeah. So typically a pro gamer will smurf and go be able to play these different people, even though they know they're going to crush them. It's a totally different play style that they're not used to doing. So yeah. it's not to piss people off most of the time, but... Um, <laughs> It's actually because they're trying to get that experience and try to understand it. Because you'll see, if you go and look at uh, the MLG, the MLG is open, right? So anyone can go in and pay 40 50 bucks and become a competitor. And good players will get knocked out first round because of these cheesy builds. <laughs> I can totally right? see that. And they have to be prepared for it, otherwise you'll never make the top ranking. And you have to make sure you place well in these MLG tournaments, that way you can go to the Grand Championships at the end of the year. And... And so the the cheesing, the smurfing um, was all because I was just trying to train and it wasn't anything like that. So anything bad. So an RTS is a pretty different type of game, in my opinion, than an FPS. Yeah. Is it common in competitive gaming for people to do all sorts of genres or do most people just stick to one? I would say most people do usually just stick to one. Um, it's it's like going from Street Fighter to our, uh, StarCraft Two. It doesn't really make much sense. Um, yeah. I, I was huge on first-person shooters because they're really easy for me to understand. And um, when I was younger, my hands were really small, so going across an entire keyboard was extremely difficult. So sticking yeah. on the Wazda and moving a mouse was a lot easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't really huge into the Warcraft 3 competitive scene or, scene or anything like that. And the whole StarCraft 2 was a huge switch for me because I used to play nothing but customs on the original StarCraft. And yeah. now I'm kind of liking the... Hey, build up a massive army and go throw it at someone type of game. <laughs> so, but no, it's not typical at all. Uh, it's rare that you'll see that. Um, typically, the StarCraft two people you'll hear came from Warcraft three, and yeah, and that's it's a progression along yeah, the genre. Exactly. So, speaking of throwing things at people, Mark <laughs> wanted to know <laughs> if, as a pro gamer, that ladies throw themselves at you. Uh, typically, no. Um, <laughs> it, you'll ha- you'll have your fans, and the fans are usually short lived, right? Because it's whoever won the last tournament or whoever's doing yeah, great. Transient. And more recently, since esports is actually forming, it's fans of teams. Um, so yeah, there is. It's like cults of teams. Exactly. And you get people like I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with StarCraft Two scene, but um, there's EG's Idra for Evil Geniuses, mm-hmm. and Idra is a phenomenal player. He's one of the best Brood War players out there. 
and um, he wasn't so great that he was able to take down all the top Koreans, and he played in Korea for three years. But uh, he then came and joined an American team, and he was playing against people like E.G. Huck and uh, E.G. Puma. And note the E.G. Huck and E.G. Puma, because they weren't on E.G. before the last MLG. Um, they were recently recruited, and they, they were actually all pretty head-to-head, I hate you. Uh, there's g- animated GIFs of Idra giving Huck the finger at the very first MLG that didn't have Koreans in it, um, <laughs> the one that Huck had won. And uh, so you'll... It's these fans who are the ones throwing themselves at you, typically, typically not women, especially yeah. with StarCraft Two. Well, it's kind of like, you know, regular professional sports. You know, right. Bandwagon. more male right. fans. and Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. No, I'm not sure if Mark's going to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that brings up a funny uh, tangent that's not one of our questions, but I'll just go there anyway. I had read, I had read something about, it was like a, a Korean gamer talking about StarCraft, and that, you know, after like the age of 17, you're kind of washed up as far as like your reflexes and stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, that he was like, yeah, I just, you know, I couldn't compete after such and such age or something, and I'm like... For real. Yeah, that was... Like and it was said so matter of factly. Like, well, this is just common knowledge. Everybody knows that after a certain age, you're basically too slow to be competitive. And I start like, to degrade. I was just wondering what your take is on that. You know, for it, it really depends. Yeah. Um, it it's really common for you to see that, especially with Korean players. I mean, StarCraft Two for them is literally like NFL for us. Right, it, right. It, it's huge in Korea. Um, and there's people, uh, the number one reigning champion of StarCraft Brood War in Korea, is his name is Yellow. Um, and he is nearing his 40s, and he recently retired. Hmm. And, I mean, that proves right there that after 17, you're not really washed up, um, but you're not going to be learning as much. It's going to be trying to do the same old, same old. Right. And he, when Brood War kind of just levels... And they're not releasing patches anymore. Right, right. You don't have to learn new stuff. Um, but with the rapid releases of patches for StarCraft Two, it's extremely difficult for anyone to stay on top. Right. Um, you'll see someone doing fantastically, and because of a patch, because they're able to take advantage of Reapers or something. Right. Right. And then the next patch, you don't hear about them for two years, and you're like, Oh yeah, I totally forgot about this person. Um, so it, I, I wouldn't say that. Wow your age has much to do with it, um, but the time you spend and how much dedication you put into it definitely does. Right. Uh, Blizzard has been getting really smart with how to make a game balanced and how to make it so you can't, you aren't doing the same thing repeatedly and whoever gets really good at rep- repetition wins. Um, I'm not sure you'll find a game that's actually the same anymore, right? Oh, that's good, so, though. Yeah, definitely, I totally agree. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I think also... People's free time has a lot to do with it. When you get older and your life changes, you have different responsibilities versus staying at home. Yeah. Living with your parents, it, it eats into your ability and your time to get and learn all those new patches and stuff like that. Definitely. The sad thing is I sit in, I, for the very beginnings of the season, I'll play and I'll land in low masters or high diamond and before everyone else is seated. And over time, you can slowly drop down in the rankings, but you'll never actually go down to platinum if you are in sitting in diamond. And near the end of the season, I've just been so busy with work or something like that, yeah. that I drop down to platinum before the end of the season's over, and then it gets locked, and you're like, well, I wasn't able to actually spend enough time to stay in diamond, because there's so many people competing in StarCraft Two now. It's 
absolutely ridiculous, right? You're looking at 700, 800,000 online all the time. Oh, and cow. it's it's pretty ridiculous. Well, and I also have to accredit that to the Latin America, North America merge recently, but so yeah. Is the market for or the 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 audience for StarCraft 2 competitive gaming is that on par yet with StarCraft 1? Um, I would say that it's tenfold, actually. Um, really? If it, even in just the past year, if you look at the MLG activity from the competitions that happened last year with mm-hmm. MLG Denver and all the MLGs that actually took place and they are able to stream online, um, their live stream alone, which is free and available to anyone who wants to watch on the MLG weekends, um, uh, late last year they were looking at about... Uh, Two, three million people online watching, which they thought was a fantastic number. And two MLGs ago, they're saying calmly at 35 million people. Wow. And Whoa. if you look at these, they often show live shots of the actual MLG stadiums. And I remember the MLG I went to to play Halo competitively. It's like you're sitting off in a corner at a banquet table playing with your friends, and there's a couple of people sitting out in these fold out chairs, right? These StarCraft II tournaments, there's people, they'll bring signs that say spawn more chairs because they'll have <laughs> a thousand chairs sitting out there and people are sitting and covering up the aisles and standing up in the back oh, rows. Wow. And these MLG events, the people after they're done with Call of Duty or whatever, where they came for, they will stick around for StarCraft because it goes longer than all of them. And you typically wouldn't see that a year ago. You would see a few people in StarCraft II. Um, MLG, when... They held their first StarCraft II. It was exactly, as I said, a banquet table off in the corner. And this was before they did the mer- the deal with the GSL, where the Koreans can come and play, and the highest-placed Korean GSL competitor gets a seed into Code S. Mm-hmm. Um, it was literally Huck won the first StarCraft II tournament for MLG, playing at a banquet table with a f- few people sitting out there. <laughs> wow. And now it's the largest so game different. MLG. It's literally tenfold from what it was a year wow. ago. So. So looking back into the past, how did you get involved in this? I mean, obviously you got the game as a gift or for yourself or whatever and started playing it. What made you decide to, like, I'm just going to start taking everybody out, taking them on? Um, Well, my whole entrance into competitive gaming actually started with Counter-Strike back in the day. Um, My brother was huge into into Counter-Strike, and Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to play it too, and my parents really didn't care, so... Um, I, would, I joined his team, actually. It was re- Team Recon 6, and uh, I actually got really good and started getting invited to events, and it was, it was pretty neat. Um, but the whole switch into actually doing StarCraft II as an eSport competitively, um, it was more so my friend at Blizzard says, hey, here's a beta key for StarCraft II. I know you used to play StarCraft. And I, I played StarCraft just because I was a huge Diablo II fan, and it's like, oh, here's another Blizzard title. Let's install Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and I played the beta, and I thought the beta was awesome. Because, I mean, I spent so much time in custom games on the original StarCraft that I really never got to know RTS outside of WarCraft II, which I love, and I think right. it's better than WarCraft III. Don't hate me for that. <laughs> um, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It's just something about literally building up a massive army and throwing it at someone. It just feels so good. Yeah. It's quite satisfying. It is. Especially when you have the gory marine just exploding or if a colossus comes walking in and shoots his x-rays and it's like, oh, wow, he's now 
charcoal burning on the ground, and you can zoom in and watch his flesh just burn. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have time for that, though. Keep microing, keep macroing, right, keep playing. Right. But. So with so many people being involved in it, or just a sizable amount, did it take time for you to get up in the rankings, or you just join a guild that had a standard reputation that maintained? Or um, it, it takes time to do much of anything, right? Um, yeah. It, when I started, I was I started in silver, and that was back when it was copper, bronze, silver, and I was actually pretty impressed with myself. I was like, wow, I really don't play RTSs. Um, but then I kind of realized that I was actually only bronze level, um, and it, it turned into. You can sit there and you can play every single day, play against people on ladder, but you're really not going to be playing against people who care about the game. So it's going to be people who do cheesy stuff or do less than normal builds or just something you're not used to, right? Whereas I was like, I really care about this. I want to try to get better. I want to be in what was at the highest at the time. I want to be in Diamond. I want Mm -hmm. to see that next to my name. And... It's you play against the people who are good at that. So you go and enter tournaments online, and you find it. Even if it costs five bucks, who cares? Throw the five bucks, do it. And um, it got to the point where okay, I'm, I'm actually staying in platinum for a season, and it feels pretty good. And uh, I then went and I trained with a guy. His name is uh, Hashi. He lives in New Jersey currently. He's um, actually from Russia, and he's a Terran player. And I really like Terran. That's my race. And he sat down, he trained me, we, I, I paid him obviously, but um, he showed me the ropes and showed me what you're supposed to do and showed uh, me what I was doing wrong. And after doing that, that immediately got me up into Diamond. And I started competing with, um, I found a team, well, the team found me. Uh, it was OMG Yum Yum. And they were like, hey, you should come play for us. And so I started playing for them and I got so busy that I kind of just turned into a caster. So, mm-hmm. um, but... I mean, to get better, it's you. You really have to want it. Um, yeah. Anyone can come play it casually, and that doesn't mean that if you are a casual player, don't be afraid of the ladder. Um, but <laughs> that's the co- issue in League of Legends. Is like I always avoid ranked matches. I'm like, ah, I don't work. That's a different kind of people. Right. The attitude is a little bit different over there. It was, it was funny with League of Legends. Ranked games got turned off for a while. Really. And so all oh, of the ranked players came into the regular casual matches. And it was not a we pretty were, clash. We were lambs for the slaughter. Yeah. And some of them would be really rude about it. Like, oh my god, you guys suck. Da, 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 da. I hate yeah. this game. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I hate having to play regular matches. And it's just like... Yeah, it was like, please go back to your elite, you know... World. Yeah. World and leave us to thinking we're good. <laughs> I would say it's the exact inverse until you get to Diamond or Master's level in StarCraft Two. It's people who casually play on the ranked because... The custom game system in StarCraft II is totally different from any other Blizzard title out there, right? Typically, you look at custom games, and that's how you go and join a game, because someone wants to go and play right. Garden of War and Warcraft, right? Yeah. It doesn't work like that. You go and you press a button to start a game, and it finds you an opponent, and you play whatever map Blizzard decides for you. And that's just so much easier than, okay, yeah. go and see someone who's actually serious about this and isn't just like looking at map details or something, right? Yeah. Um, the custom games are actually the pros hanging out, playing games, um, and there's now custom maps where you can, uh, it's called observer matches, so you can join a game and 
six people can join a game, do a 1v1, and after that 1v1 is done, someone can challenge the winner. And you don't have to leave the game. Oh, that's, game. oh that's cool. So, it's kind of like an arcade setup. Yeah. Right. And it's, like, it's awesome because it resets the time clock for you. It's actually like starting a brand new game. And it keeps a ranking of people and how well you're doing within that game. And, that's awesome. Um, and it actually, like the cool thing about StarCraft Two maps is you can send off and store data onto a, your own database. So these custom games can actually store information about you and rank you for that game. So uh, there's a custom I like called Nexus Wars, and it actually keeps your stats for you in this custom game. So they actually mean something. That's really cool. Wow. So the custom games are where all the pros are at, and you'll typically find ways to get into those custom games if you go and play in tournaments and Mm -hmm. uh, try to go find a team or hang out on Team Liquid. Um, Those are the places that you'll find your way to sneak in. Don't don't trust Reddit, though. Don't don't listen to those people. (laughs) Don't listen to those people. So across all your years of different games from Counter-Strike to America's Army to Halo and more recently StarCraft II, what was what was one of your most favorite experiences and what was one of your, like, gosh, this sucks experiences? Um, I would have to say that my most favorite experience was actually with America's Army. Um, it was the very last tournament that we actually played in, and we were playing on this map called Pipeline. And on Pipeline, there's this hallway underneath, and there's this, uh, if you climb this ladder, you can get to these scaffoldings up top. And um, the my friend, I, I was often running around with an M14, and he's sitting up there with an M203. And if you're 203 from the scaffolding, you, you're protecting the capture point, essentially, right? Yeah. So he's sitting here waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting for him. And they have three people left on their team, and we have two, just us two. And he goes, and he thinks he sees an enemy, and friendly fire is always on, he shoots his 203 and takes me out. It's one versus three, (laughs) and it's like, this is the final round, we're one death away from losing first place in this tournament. And the the cash prize was ten grand, right? It's like, this isn't some little rinky-dink tournament. And... Luckily, he was actually pretty good at the game, so he is out of two or threes at this point. So even though he doesn't have any more teammates, he can't kill them. On the <laughs> um, he's killed. He's done enough damage. Right. <laughs> and uh, he actually went on to win us the game, and it was it was pretty. Wow, one v three. One v three. In America's Army, one v three. You think it's just like Counter Strike, where you run around, hop over a cliff here. One shot someone, three sixty spin. One shot someone else, three sixty spin. One shot. Totally else. realistic, right? Or running around with an off and Counter Strike one, and it's like, oh well, you're standing right next to me. I can get a headshot without zooming in. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he actually, it, it's extremely difficult and nerve wracking to say the least. Because uh, you were just having to yeah. passively sit there and watch. You couldn't. Yeah. It, influence it whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Because the tournament mode in America's Army only allows you to watch your team member. And he, you're, he's sitting right next to you, and it's like, well, you, you don't want to bother him, you don't want to distract him, and it's like... And you want to yell at him for killing you. Right. <laughs> it, you, you would just chalk that up as a mistake, and um, typically you're supposed to be communicating, and my mistake was I had called out that I was running towards B, and I was actually running towards A, and that's why he had killed me. So it was totally my fault. Um, but we ended up winning, and it was a fantastic experience. It was just... You're sitting there at the edge of your seat. You're part of no the team, kidding. but you're just as into it as the spectators are, and it's it was, awesome. it was awesome. It was very cool. That um, reminds me actually of some Dominion matches when I was at PAX. Just like 
I used to really loathe competitive games just because there's a lot of attitude and there's always a learning curve. And sometimes it's just like, you know what? I don't need the verbal abuse or the lecturing or whatever to play this game. I want to enjoy playing my games and I don't want some person I've never heard of giving me a hard time. But for some reason, League of Legends was finally the game that I got over that hump. The huge learning curve and a questionable community at first. And now it's like I can totally relate to what you're talking about. I love watching live streams of competitive games, even if I'm not playing, because you can just so get into the drama and the motion of it. And it's just so cool where video games have evolved to, knowing how we were back playing Asteroids and Pitfall and Pong. And uh, it's just gone someplace so freaking cool. So comparatively, do you have... Any negative experiences that you wish to share, which may or may not even be related to the game, may just be related to the community, or do you um, try to forget those? <laughs> you, you definitely try to forget any negative experiences you have. Um, and if you I'm going to quit. Right, exactly. <laughs> you, you you end up going on tilt, and you lose a bunch of matches, and it's it's just not good, especially if you're playing on a competitive team. Um, the, I'd say the only thing that I would regret is literally the community. Um, sometimes they don't understand, and uh, especially mm-hmm. as these games are actually evolving into true esports. Yeah. Um, I, I would not be surprised to start seeing League of Legends make a huge impact on MLG and actually becoming one of the main stage games. Um, just for the fact that it's a huge spectator game, right? And people yeah. have to remember that the players, they're humans too. And they're just like you and me, and that's the reason that these tournaments are open. Because if you actually think you have the chops, go, go ahead and go play them. Yeah. And um, when you go out as a player, it, they tr- these days they're starting to treat you more like a superstar, right? But I d- really don't think players are enjoying that. Um, I definitely didn't when I was out on stage on MLG. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm do- no different than you, though. Um, and it kind of makes it, it... It puts a lot of pressure on you, right? It doesn't yeah. make you feel like you're playing a game with your friends and you're having fun and you're doing it at a level where... You know, you're actually really good, and you are thinking about strategy all the time. Um, it's just there's so much pressure from the community, and yeah. especially uh, recently there was um, some drama with uh, t- Team Evil Geniuses for StarCraft Two, and one of their players in control, and he couldn't do a live show called State of the Game anymore because of conflict conflicts with their sponsors. Um, like I think it was because they were sponsored by NOS and he his team sponsored by Monster, so he can't be on their show because no, it's conflict sure. of interest, right? Yeah. And the the fans don't have any idea about this, and In Control's just not appearing on State of the Game anymore. And they're like, well, we hate In Control, F you, <laughs> flaming them in forums. Knee jerks. Right, yeah. and they're being mean to them at, at Spectator Sport. Uh, when they actually go to MLG, they're giving them a cold shoulder. They're, and In Control's one of the nicest guys that you could probably ever meet. He's like huge bear hug type of guy who... You could sit there and talk to him for 18 hours a day if you wanted to. Um, and it turns out that he had to literally go on another show and come out, a show ran by Evil Geniuses, and say, This is why we did it. And they brought on the team manager to say, We can't do this because In Control has a sponsorship conflict. And he's a human too, and he's doing this because they, he wants you guys to be able to watch him. And he needs to get paid but he can't get paid if he doesn't have sponsors. 
yeah. right? So the community really has to be open and understanding to these, especially as this becomes more of actual esport, right? Where we yeah. have teams that are being sponsored yeah. to do these events. Um, it's not like people just getting on land anymore and streaming it. It's yeah, right. these are serious competitions. So much um, like what we will go through on Saturday. Very much so. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So my only regret is the community and sometimes how they don't have insight. And unfortunately, you can't always give them that insight that they'll need. Um, but, I mean, if the more you get involved and the more you try to understand it, it's not hard to figure out the information you need. And um, I just hope people have as much respect for every player as they possibly can. There's a few that you're going to hate because they're really good and you don't want them to be yeah in the in starcraft 2 realm foreigner is actually equal to european or american um so there's a lot of people who hate koreans now because they're playing mlg and want the foreigners to win um so you'll hear a lot of american people bash on uh, ogsmc who's a really top level korean player who will knock out uh, idra or huck in a tournament because he's just so good right mm -hmm. um so just got to have that understanding. Got to know that. Yeah. So there's actually American gamers that move to Korea, right? Most definitely, yeah. To, to play. Yeah. What, what is that all about? Do you think that's... Is that like when you're just super big time and you just have to go into the hardest area that it is? I mean, what what's behind that? Um, I would say it's like playing in Little League and having the opportunity to go and play for the MLB or yeah. playing in a little field football team and saying that you're going to go and train with the Denver Broncos or some other team, right? Yeah. Um, it's this opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, it's it's starting to make a transition to where, um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but Huck actually won the recent MLG. And first foreigner to do so since the merger or the deal with GSL to allow Koreans to play in the MLG. Um, and that is solely because EG bought a house in Arizona and hold up the t team there. And just like they would do in Korea, they actually have these team houses and um, they'll have a room, like a living room, where they set up a bunch of tables and they'll put a bunch of PCs in there and you spend 16 to 18 hours a day sitting next to your Korean teammate playing, talking, conversing, and wow. that's it. And then you go and take a shower and you go and do your, go to bed, go sleep, do whatever. And you guys will be sleeping in bunk beds. Um, and the atmosphere isn't encouraging. It's not like... Oh, it's like wow. the army or something. Right. It, it feels as though you're being... Right. But th this is Korea, so maybe they're used to it. Um, but Idra goes to Korea. He stays in Korea for two or three years, and um, he gets to experience this, and now EG has a house in Arizona. And if you look at the pictures of this house in Arizona, they have a very similar back room with a bunch of ta really nice <laughs> fancy desks and t uh, big screen monitors that they're practicing on with amazing rigs and they have like three living rooms fully furnished everyone has their own master bedroom it's like it's a, a mansion and they hold up the entire team there so training under that kind of atmosphere is going to be totally different than training in this little Korean house um, and there's nothing against that uh, yeah. and it, it still makes sense because the Koreans are s so incredibly good um, it's going to be a while because they have a huge competitive advantage because they've been doing RTS games for since oh, the beginning yeah. of StarCraft II, at the very least, or st the beginning of StarCraft. And they ha they have bigger names, and um, they understand the mechanics so much better than we do. Yeah. Um, so th they do that because it's a huge benefit for them. And Idra's actually going back. Huck uh, just spent some time there, too. And, I mean, if I had the opportunity to... and. Uh, I would, I would definitely do it. I just, it's not something that's feasible for everyone, and you have to be good enough as you are to yeah. even go consider. Right. 
I couldn't imagine. Would you ever move to Korea, Mark? If well, if I had, if you're that good, if my life had been different than it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hard to imagine at this point. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> like pack up the wife and kids. We're moving to Korea. Yeah, no, gonna rent the house out for two years. Can't see it for me, but definitely could say if I was a professional gamer, I would yeah. do it. I mean, you have to. Yeah. It's like you say, the opportunity, you know. Yeah. It's once in a lifetime. It really is. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like that cool Eminem song. Cool Eminem? Which one? Oh, it's <laughs> the one for Eight Mile? Mile. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yourself or yeah. Whatever. Okay. So we, I, I mentioned earlier about how Sometimes gamer communities, it's, it's easy to stereotype them when it's a, a competitive type of game. That there's going to be a lot of blowhards and people who are just not fun and friendly to play with. Right. Do you feel in the pro gaming circuit that there's all types of people, or is there really like a certain type of personality that really succeeds and therefore makes up the majority of pro gamers? <laughs> um, well, is uh, as nice as you may be, as you're, it's not going to keep a fan base. Um, People are really prone to band- bandwagoning these days, yeah. and uh, that's really what matters, uh, having a connection and having people to pump you up. Um, if you go out on the stage and everyone's rooting for the other guy and booing you and or just you're completely <laughs> ignoring you and you get no acknowledgement, you're, you're not going to perform as well. You're that's not pumped true. on. The adrenaline's not yeah. going. Um, but if you're nice to the fans and you're nice to the people around you, you're going to earn respect, and respect is something that's invaluable. Uh, not just in regular life, but if you're playing with these people and you're losing to them, they are willing to practice with you. I mean, you hear all the time that teams, o- OGS, will be practicing with EG online just because they want to. Even though they're not the same team, they'll do it. Well, right? that's probably because they're on caliber with each other, right? Right, and it's it's... Like, okay, well, if I treat you like crap, does that mean you're going to actually want to come practice with me and give it your all whenever we practice? No, you're just going to flub it, and then you're going to destroy me in the tournament, right? And because you know all of my tricks now, but I know none of yours. Um, So it's really having respect for your fans and for the other players, especially for your fans, because those fans could become players at any given time, right? And That's so weird to consider because it's not like yeah. that in, in football right? or no. basketball. Like one of the people out in the stands could suddenly be like your teammate. Right. But you're right. That's that's such a key difference in yeah. these sports. And it, you, you hear it all the time, especially with uh, people like Puma. He was just kind of uh, low on the radar in Korea and doing his thing. And he comes to this MLG for the first time. He gets sent out there. And he starts in the very first round of the open bracket fights his way through the entire open bracket, gets seated pretty low in the loser's bracket, fights his way all the way through the loser's bracket, and then wins the entire tournament. Holy cow. It's like anyone can do this. Uh, There's another one who's actually going to be playing. uh, He's from Europe. His name's Sase. And uh, kind of flying low on the radar. Um, And low on the radar, I mean, you've been playing, you're sitting at diamond level for three or four months, right? And all of a sudden, he breaks into Masters, comes to an MLG event, and he came in and knocked out some of the biggest names in StarCraft II this past MLG. And he made it into the pool play. He made it into the loser's bracket. And he performed incredibly well. Remember that there's a thousand people playing this tournament. And he's in the top 30. And he didn't have a name two months ago. It's like, 
these people just pop out of nowhere, and you really have to make sure you earn their respect because they might know something you don't, and it's, yeah. that'd be valuable to you. Yeah. Wow. So, how do you think the North American gaming pro gaming industry, so to speak, is evolving? Do you think it's ever going to get to Korean type levels? Do you think it's inevitably moving towards that, or do you think it's going to plateau? Or um, well, it's really challenging. Um, I really want to say yes because that's what I want to see esports as. Um, I would love to be able to turn on my TV and yeah, because you're biased, it. right? Like yeah, I have a whole I, channel I, dedicated to it. Yeah, that'd be exactly. sweet. Um, Direct TV is a huge proponent for. They have their own uh, tournament cup that they do, and you, they have Counter Strike and Halo and other tournaments, um, which is kind of cool. But you're never going to actually find this stuff mainstream until they find a good model for advertising. Because yeah, you don't yeah, know how yeah. long these StarCraft two games can go. Use... It's like, hey, here's a three minute game that someone cheesed on and won. Here's a sixty minute game that was Terran versus Terran with two That's turtles really that just point. went on and on, and it's now battle cruisers <laughs> and Vikings. Yes, right. the boring ones. <laughs> Exactly. So it, it's like, if you look online right now, MLG does a great job because they've been able to say with a lot of practice and a lot of you know doing these productions that we can hold this entire tournament in three days and this is how much revenue we can make off of because of sponsorships. And they don't really rely on the advertising, um, whereas if you try to port over to DirecTV or Comcast and try to do something to a dedicated channel, it's just practically impossible. You can't really do it. Um, but I see the fan base growing um, over and over and over. Every mm-hmm. week you can look at a stream. Destiny's stream, if you guys know who Destiny is, uh, he gets a 10,000 more viewers every week. It's wow. it's ridiculous. That's impressive. And it's uh, day nine. Um, he's constantly getting more and more traffic. Uh, so it's definitely growing. And I think it's because StarCraft Two, especially... Mm-hmm. And League of Legends, uh, from what I've been able to notice, uh, they're really good spectator sports, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like watching people play Counter-Strike and, oh, yep, how do I watch one screen and who's, whose screen am I going to watch now? Yeah. And then you miss this awesome kill. You miss yeah. the, the headshot from afar with the op in Counter-Strike, right? Yeah, or Halo. Whose screen am I going to watch? What team's winning? How do I actually do this? With League of Legends and StarCraft Two. It's, hey, it's a little bit easier to right, figure it out. and it's okay. We can more easily follow these people around and watch what they're doing, and have a better grip as to what we should be looking at. Yeah, you know what the flow is because there's there's a beginning, middle, end. Exactly, and it, once that key turning point in the game happens, you know what's going to come next. You know yeah. what people are going to try to do, mm-hmm. and when you have casters, especially who know the game's mechanics and know the strategies so well and they're the ones controlling the screen it works out so much better and you can't really do that with Halo Um, MLG does a great job at it, don't get me wrong Um, but there's a reason that StarCraft 2 is the main stage at MLG now where a year ago it wasn't Um, Mm -hmm. so so speaking of that um, do, do you think any upcoming games that are on the horizon I mean it's hard to say because not we don't even know when everything's going to come out, but do you think there's any upcoming games that maybe do to start becoming big in the whole MLG scene or competitive gaming scene? Um, that's a good question. Uh, games come and go with MLG. Uh, yeah. If if people are paying attention, there's a Gears of War tournament for the beta for Gears of War three um, at MLG last time. There was no sign of Gears of War three in this one, even yeah. though the game has been launched. Um, 
and people question why. Uh, and it's because they really don't have a good model to support it yet. Um, who knows, it might come back, but it's really hard to get support for these things and build out a good tournament layout, right? When you do Call of Duty Black Ops, the game, way you set up a game is going to be totally different from the way you're going to set up a Call of Duty MW3 game, especially because perks are different and you know, all the oh, add-ons yeah, are different, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, as far as new up-and-coming games, it's really hard to say. I, I, I would like to see a Dota or League of Legends-style game pop into the scene, um, but there's a lot of competition there, right? Uh, NASL, North American Star League, they were strictly StarCraft II last season, their very first season, and the second season they've actually started adopting Heroes of New Earth. Um, Interesting. I'm I'm not a huge Han guy. Uh, It's like, okay, there's another League of Legends-style game. Um, Yeah. And then you have the people who try to say, okay, well, competitive, wow, arena gaming, okay, maybe. Uh, But it's not that interesting. Yeah. Um, I would really like to say that the Diablo 3 arena, uh, the PvP, the 4v4 that they're going to be doing, mm-hmm. is going to kind of pave the way for having this action RPG style mixed with League of Legends style. Um, because you're, you're working on this character. You're building it up, and it's not like WoW where you have to aggro someone or it's tons of casting, yeah. right? Yeah. It's Diablo-style 4v4 gameplay which if you went to last year's BlizzCon, you actually had an opportunity to see and play. And it's it's a huge difference. Uh, it's not what you would expect. It's not like League of Legends where you always start at level one during the game and you, and you build yourself yeah. during that. You have something that perpetuates? Right. It's it's just like the World of Warcraft where you have um, arena gear that you can get from winning and winning yeah. and winning. Yeah. Um, but it has that Diablo mix into it. Um, I, I honestly don't expect it to kind of take over because you have, the, again, that issue where whose screen are you going to watch? Because it, yeah. these arenas aren't built like League of Legends where it's easy to hop around. Uh, these arenas are pretty complex. It's like sitting in a cathedral and running around the cathedral and finding the opponents and killing them. Um, so it's like playing uh, Half-Life, if you ever played that. Yeah. Uh, running around in the Half-Life map. Where's the next person? And, yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like that. Sometimes we'll get some cool epic battles at the center, but um, I don't think it's going to immediately foster a ton of esports attention. I think that StarCraft Two is going to sit on top for a while. I don't think Halo will be leaving. Um, there's a reason Counter Strike is gone because that's Counter Strike sports dying out. Nobody really cares anymore. Um, Counter Strike Source kind of ruined the scene. It the gameplay is completely different from One Six, um, so. It's really hard to say, as you said. I, as I said, I would like to see Diablo three make it in. Um, I'd like to see League of Legends kind of make a bigger stand. I don't want to t- Heroes of New Earth. If you like Heroes of New Earth, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, me and Mark can totally agree with you on yeah. that. It's just it's not the same. It really isn't. And it's kind of more boring. It's prettier. Oh, it's, it's de- gorgeous it's, graphics. And uh, what's the name music. of that that game that uh, MMO? That's uh, Rift. Rift, right? Yeah, it's so pretty, and the environment's constantly changing. Okay, so yeah, where's the grab? It's cool. Yeah. There's crap that comes flying out of the sky and attacks you, and if so, you change the environment, the environment's changed permanently. That's great. Uh, yeah, but and it's, it's really, really, really pretty. Yeah, but, but it's not there's quite right enough. 
I'm very excited to see what Blizzard does in that whole MMO scene in the coming years with oh, Project yeah. Titan. Um, it's it, they're going to be venturing into a realm that they haven't done before, and it's going to make it really interesting. Um, yeah, and when they do that, it's like there's always like a little bit of skepticism. Like I remember when they were going to get into an MMO, it's like they're going to do an MMO, right? It's like why they just make strategy games and right. and just like how are they are they going to do a good enough job? Because we know they do a really good job polishing and stuff like that and they did they just they set the standard yeah they reinvented really the genre and the business model and everything else and did you ever have the opportunity to play lost vikings i never did it is, super nintendo classic it was also in game boy advance never yeah. got to play it it's one of the most awesome games that you could probably get your hands on did you and ever you can ahead. really see how blizzard got their start did you ever play lost vikings mark oh my god i love that game i played yeah. it like non-stop till I finished it, you know? It's like three Vikings with different abilities and you had to solve puzzles by moving them yep. around. It was so, it's so it, awesome. It was the perfect mixture. I, I, I was so young at the time. Um, I had a, a Game Gear, the Sony Game Gear, that little, their handheld version. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had a Lion King game for that. It was this little adventure game that you hopped around. Lost Vikings reminded me of that adventure game Mixed with lemmings. Oh yeah, it's yeah, like okay. it, it's this puzzle that you have to solve, but it's an adventure at the same time. So you could really see how Blizzard kind of came to be so good at venturing into new genres. The, the reason that they stuck with RTSs for so long and ARPG with Diablo, um, I don't blame them. They're really good at doing that. But I'm glad they're going to be venturing into new realms, sticking with the MMO scene, but venturing into a realm they really haven't done before. So. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Okay, so my last question. <laughs> I know there's been so many of them, but it's just it's so fascinating to me, and I hope that the listeners feel the same way. Uh, you're a big Gears of War fan. I am. And you mentioned how it was represented just briefly. Right. And now it's gone. Are there any games such as that that you, or, or genres even, that you wish were still represented or would be represented in the competitive gaming landscape? Oh, that's, that's a hard question. Uh, I don't really know. Um, first-person shooters have their place, but every person puts their own different spin on first-person shooters. Yeah. So it's a question of... It's not really what type of genre, but how someone puts a spin on a genre, right? Yeah, uh, so It's true. like comparing Gears of War as a first-person sh- shooter to Halo as a first-person shooter to Counter-Strike as a first-person shooter. Yeah, all totally different experiences. Right, and then let's throw America's Army into the mix there. Uh, America's Army, extremely strategic. Counter-Strike, yeah. run and gun or Call of Duty even, run and gun. Yeah. Um, and then you have Gears of War, which mixes the run and gun with strategy. And mm-hmm. you kind of, it, there's those games where people are running and gunning and chainsawing, and then there's games where people will strategically run and get a torque bow and know a pathing route on the map so they can run around, land a good torque bow shot, and take out three or four enemies with one shot because they know the pathing and strategy that people wow. take. Yeah. So Gears throws that into the mix too. And Halo, it's who can spam as many sticky grenades as possible <laughs> and go and pick up new sticky grenades to throw more sticky grenades, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, I mean, I'm not saying that that's all Halo's about. I played it competitive, competitively for a while there too. Um, it's a lot of who can get the better headshots with the bat rifle, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard to say what genre needs to break into it. Um, again, it's like comparing League to Han to the Diablo yeah. 3 PvP. Which, like, three years ago wouldn't have been much exactly. of Exactly. It's just an underground thing that a lot of people 
like Base Hunter, yeah. played. <laughs> yeah, I would say that if anyone else wanted a specific title to actually be represented, it's build up support for it yourself and get a fan yeah. base. Um, there's people on YouTube like Hunter Starcraft or uh, or Day Nine is a good example. Um, Starcraft wouldn't be as huge as it is in North America, at least, if it weren't for people like them who go out and show their passion and gather up and rally up troops to help support esports as a thing. Yeah. Um, and if we don't keep this esports alive and we don't put our passion into it, it's going to die out. And mm-hmm. the question is, do you want it to die out or do you want it to be a thing that's mainstream? Yeah. Um, and if it's mainstream, I'm sure there's more and more opportunities for games to be adopted, but. To answer your original question, I, I really don't know if there's one that I would like to see break into the scene. Yeah. Um, I think there's a good balance now. I really want to see League of Legends to make more of a, a play in America. There, there's a lot, inter, a lot in the international scene. You'll see some Chinese tournaments out there from, from with them running around, and um, I don't see that many in an MLG style that I'd like to see, like IPL. I'd like IPL to kind of take advantage of that too. Um, but that's a really hard question. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with ending on a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Well, thank you very much for our exhaustive set of questions, and, and during them, you did a very good job. I was very long winded. I'm so sorry. I, I like to talk about game points. No, that, well, that's what this show is all about, yeah. man. So <laughs> it's all good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, listeners, that is the end of episode 170. Yeah, I'm not sure. It ran a little bit longer than I think we expected, but... No, but it's great. Yeah, really cool stuff. Listeners, we would love to hear your stories and reactions to this. Are there any of you out there who are into competitive gaming or have been in MLG or became one of those anonymous audience members that rose through the ranks and all of a sudden turned everything on set? Or are you just like a big fan of it? Or do you just like, don't get it? And you're like, it is going to go away. It's done. Send in your thoughts, feedback, questions, rants, whatever, to mail at channelmassive.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and always, always appreciate you downloading our show, and we will be back next week. Warcraft for ten years. If I can't play Diablo 3 soon, I might just kill myself. Massive? Blizzard Entertainment, why did we sure, come out with Diablo 3? I want to know. I signed up for the beta. I never got an email. It's like they don't even care. I have really good things to say about that game. I read about it in Game Informer. So I came here to tell you I want Diablo 3 to come up with it up.